Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. I'm so excited to bring the Word of God because I don't know if you can sense, but God has really been setting up like shifting things and putting things in place and kind of setting the stage for something that I believe you and I couldn't even dream of. I really believe that with all my heart. That it, there's a scripture that my friend and I have been talking about where God says, if I told you what I was going to do, you couldn't even believe it. And I really sense that that's true for what God is, is setting up here at this house and what he wants to do as a result. And... Um, And so let's pray. Father, we thank you that you know the end from the beginning, that your plans for us are good, not for evil, to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. We acknowledge that apart from you, we can do nothing. The only good that we have is you, and we need more more of your presence. We need more revelation, understanding. We need more wisdom. We need more grace from day to day. We need more manifestation of your power working in us. We thank you for what you're doing, but Lord, we want more. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So you should have received when you walked in the remaining two weeks daily prayer points for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we took it out of today. It's what I'm going to preach on. But for the rest of the time, it's from the book of Ephesians. And what's really amazing about this is if you will take this and read along for the next couple of weeks, the book of Ephesians, you're, I'm going to disciple you how to pray the scripture. How to take what is listed in scripture and turn it around and pray it over yourself and your family. So make sure you take this with you. It'll be on our social media every day as well. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 3. It's not going to be up there on the screen. You got to have your Bibles. Oh, oh, because we're going to read 20 verses and that's just a lot. So I decided I'm not going to put it up there. Acts chapter 3. So... Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes and the disciples are baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're filled with power. Peter gets up and preaches with bold faith about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says that day 3,000 were added to their fellowship. And then Peter and John, Acts chapter 3 verse 1, go to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at them intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. I want to pause here. I just felt Holy Spirit want to say to some of you, if you've been waiting for God to do something and he hasn't done it yet, because he's got something different and better than what you're anticipating. This guy, lame from birth, couldn't walk. He's, He's just got to beg for money for every day. He looked at them expecting money. And Peter said, I'm not giving you money today, but I got something better. 
We often look to God and pray and ask for something. God, this is what we want. This is what we need. This is what we're looking for. And when we don't get it, I want you to look to Jesus because he might do something beyond your wildest expectations. Peter and John said, we don't have money, but I'll give you what we do have in the name of Jesus. Whose name? Whose name? Come on, that's the only name we need. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Instantly healed and strengthened. The man wanted money. The man got healing. Sometimes what we think we want from God isn't what we need from God. That's just a bonus today. So God, whatever it is, we want what you know is better for us. We don't want to hinder what you want to release in our lives with our expectations so set. We want you to do what you know is best for us. So we look to you with expectation, not just for the outcome we want, but for you to minister through the power of the name of Jesus, that which you know is best. Amen. Ooh, I felt that one. Come on. And then I like this verse eight. He jumped up, stood on his feet and he began to walk. He'd never walked before a day in his life. He got up and walked, then walking, leaping and praising God. He went into the temple with him and all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar that had been so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, why are you so surprised about this? And why stare at us as though we had the power to make this man walk? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Verse 16, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name was healed, has healed him before your very eyes. Faith in the name of Jesus. This week in Bible engagement, we've been talking about believing God for miracles, for the power of God to be displayed through signs and wonders, healings and miracles. And where does it come from? Faith in Jesus' name. This week, we're going to read about bold faith. And the faith that you and I need is in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the name of Jesus is above what? All other names. That at the name of Jesus, everything must bow. Everyone will confess someday that Jesus is Lord. Peter saw an opportunity. He was walking in to pray. He saw the man. He had compassion. He said, I, I, I don't have money. 
But Peter didn't focus on what he didn't have. Hello, Christians, listen to me. Peter didn't focus on what he didn't have. Peter focused on what he did have, a relationship with Jesus Christ, the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we limit God using us because we think we don't have what we need. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you have faith in the name of Jesus Christ, you have what you need to step out in faith and release what God wants to do for someone else. It's not your godliness, your righteousness, your perfection, because, hello, none of us will ever, ever, ever achieve that. It is faith in the name of Jesus. And Peter saw an opportunity when the people were like, whoa, I know that guy. He's always been lame, and now he's walking and jumping. What is this? And they said, it's not us, it's Jesus. When God begins to move on you in your workplace and in your family, when he begins to use you to speak hope and life and comfort and wisdom and healing and power and miracles, you got to remember it ain't you. Tell your neighbor, I know it ain't me. (laughs) See, our responsibility is to step out in obedience, believing that God will do what he said he will do. It is not my responsibility to heal because I can't heal. It's not my responsibility to move mountains. I can't move mountains. But I can respond in faith to what Jesus is asking me to do by the power of the Holy Spirit, and then it's on him. But see, here's the thing, church. We are like, wow, I want to see more of the manifestation of God's power. Well, if we want to see it, we have to partner with God to release it. I'm going to say it again. If you want to see revival... If you want to see signs and wonders and miracles and breakthrough, you want to see God do something in your family, in your situation, then you have to be willing to partner with him to release it. Because God has chosen to limit himself to partnership with his people. God can do whatever he wants. He's God. And he has chosen to partner with you and I. So sometimes we're not seeing the full manifestation of what God wants to do in our situation because we're not partnering with him in faith. Instead, we're evaluating, strategizing, assessing, overanalyzing. Sometimes we analyze so much we paralyze. And we're praying about it and we're analyzing it. And our prayers are really analyzing I don't know if you've ever prayed that way. You're praying, but really you're analyzing, you're processing. And you're trying to tell God how you think it should happen. We strategize. But I believe God wants to grow up our prayer life where we move from analyzing, processing, and strategizing to where we just come and say, now what do you want us to do in this situation? Here's my prayer, here's my need, here's my desires. You can tell God what it is you want. You can tell God what you want him to do. And then we must come to a place of surrender where we say, God, what is it that you want me to do? And then we got to do it. See, if we want to see the manifestation of God's power working in our families and our situations in this church, then you and I must partner in faith to release it by the name of Jesus. I remember I was praying and praying and asking God, God, I want to see more healings when I lay hands on the sick. I want to see more miracles and signs and wonders. And finally, one day, the Holy Spirit was like, then start praying and asking for it. Like, not just ask me for it. Like, lay your hands on people and start partnering with me to see it happen. I was like, oh, that's a novel thought. And so I have. 
And I'm seeing God heal people. And I'm seeing God move. Sometimes he heals and sometimes he doesn't. But I can't let that distract, discourage, or deter my faith. I got to keep pressing in for more. Through faith. Come on, look at your Bibles. Acts 3.16. Through faith, in the name of Jesus, the man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith, in Jesus' name, has healed him before your very eyes. Faith, in Jesus' name. Not just faith in doctors and medicine. Not just faith in finances and 401ks and stock market, but faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Man, Peter began to preach. I'm going to skip ahead because then the, the priests and the elders got mad that they were talking about Jesus. And so they got arrested and they got thrown into jail. And I like it because in, in chapter 4, verse 8 Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Verse 10, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Peter's like, if there's any confusion, I'm going to clear it up for you right now. It wasn't me. It was Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. What kind of name? The all-powerful name. I'm being challenged myself in this moment to release the power of the name of Jesus more often. What if instead of releasing our complaints, we release the name of Jesus? Ooh, that's good. What if, instead of just processing and planning and strategizing and analyzing, we release the name of Jesus? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, just say his name, Jesus. I want to make it clear to you, he says. Peter says, I'm going to make it clear to you. He was healed by the powerful name of Jesus. You crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. Why is there power in the name of Jesus? Because he was raised from the dead. Death could not hold him. The grave could not contain him. Jesus Christ is alive and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he is coming back again and he has been given all authority over all powers and dominions and darkness. Everything is subjected to the name of Jesus. Look at verse 12, chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. Come on, everybody say, no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we are saved. Come on, look, you should have that underlined, memorized. Peter, full of bold. Peter, who was afraid of what people thought. Peter, who ran away when Jesus was arrested. Peter, who couldn't understand the plan of God, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, gets up and says, let me tell you, there is one name, and his name is Jesus Christ. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name, no other name. I don't care who's president or king, no other name. The most powerful, influential, wealthy people of this earth, their name doesn't even come close to the name of Jesus by which we are saved. 
It's the name of Jesus that saves. It's not good works. It's Jesus. It's not possessions. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Thank you for singing that song, Give Me Jesus. Mm. What if we pursue Jesus the way we pursue other things in life? What if we put the same effort into our relationship with Jesus, knowing Jesus, relating with Jesus, experiencing Jesus as we put into trying to accomplish things at work or try to attain things for our life? What if we put more effort and energy into our relationship with Jesus than anything else? What if? I'm here to tell you we need to do it. Come on, say it. I need to do that. I need to do that too. I want you to look at verse 13. The members of the council, the council were the religious, elite, educated leaders. The members of the council in verse 13, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were what kind of men? Ordinary. They could see that they were ordinary men with what? No special training in the Bible. These were uneducated Ordinary people. In fact, they were fishermen. They could see that they were just ordinary, uneducated. But what does it say? They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I like this scripture. Because this is what it tells me. You don't have to go to seminary and get a doctorate to move in the power of the name of Jesus. You don't have to be full-time ministry to experience and release the power of the name of Jesus. They were ordinary, unschooled, untrained, didn't go to Bible school. There was no Bible school back then. They were just fishermen. They were nurses, teachers, janitors, ordinary people like you and me. But what was the difference? They had been with Jesus. If you and I want to release the fullness of the kingdom of heaven into our families, our marriages, our relationships, our finances, our jobs, and our circles of influence, then we must be with Jesus. You don't need an education. You need Jesus. What if we just spent time instead of Googling what to do, we got into the presence of Jesus and we asked him what to do? I've been learning more and more just how true it is that if you ask the Holy Spirit, he'll give you very practical things to do that will change your life. Amen. To the point where sometimes I almost kind of feel a little um, sheepish. I'm going to use that term. Because they say, well, Don, how did you lose so much weight? I asked the Holy Spirit what to do and I did it. No. Yes. <laughs> I asked the Holy Spirit, what do I need to change? I asked the Holy Spirit because he knows me and my body. So I did what he told me to do. My dad says, Don, how do you know what to preach every week? I said, I asked the Holy Spirit. He goes, well, of course. And I said, no, really, that is it. <laughs> what if we just learn how to ask the Holy Spirit? They were ordinary, uneducated, but they had been with Jesus. And filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, they got to release the reality of the kingdom of heaven into their situation. I'm here to tell you today, God is looking for sons and daughters who will partner with him to release the power of his kingdom today. Today. 
But you and I have to spend time with Jesus. We have to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Our faith is not in our title. Our faith is not in numbers. Our faith is not in anything this world puts its faith in. Our faith is in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. I underline and highlight this verse because I'm ordinary and uneducated. But God can use ordinary people. But since verse 14, they could see the man who had been healed standing among them. There was nothing they could say. So they ordered Peter and John to get out. And then they talk about themselves. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Let's move on. So verse 18, they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. (laughs) They tried to cancel them, silence them, intimidate them. Can I tell you today, we live in a culture and a society that is trying to silence us, intimidate us, cancel us so that we don't want to say the name of Jesus. You just keep that to yourself. No. The power of God is to be released and freely given, freely received, freely give. They were intimidating, silencing, bullying these apostles, these disciples to never what? Speak in the name of Jesus. I like that again because what is it? The name of Jesus. Everybody say the name. It's the name of Jesus. You can talk about whatever you want, but don't talk about the name. Why is this important? Holy Spirit wants you and I to get a revelation today of the power of the name of Jesus. Peter and John replied, verse 19, do you think that God wants us to obey you rather than him? (laughs) We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. They said, we got to obey God, not you. God is looking for men and women, his sons and daughters, who are full of his presence because we've spent time with him, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, full of the word of God because we're taking it in and we're drinking it in and we're spending time with him. And then when the people say, we don't want you to talk about it, you don't have to be rude. Please don't be rude. But I can still live my life for Jesus and I can still talk about my walk with Jesus. And if you want to ask me what makes me different, I'm going to have to tell you it's Jesus. When I worked as a nurse, I didn't preach every day. I didn't carry my Bible and tell everybody, but I lived it. And not only did I live it, I was trying to be the best nurse I could be. I was respectful, polite for whatever their rank was. I treated them all the same. Helped out. Be a person of integrity. Be a person who shows respect and kindness. Be honest and hardworking. And when you will do that, they will notice something is different. I didn't have to tell them, hey, I believe in Jesus. They came to me and they're like, so, you like go to church, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I should do that. They're like, really? And you'd be amazed how many times the conversations they would initiate with me, not because I was anything special, but I believe they saw Jesus. When you have been with Jesus, your work will notice. The people you work with and relate with and move with and talk with your family, they'll notice. And then it'll open up opportunities to share your faith with others. 
I love it. Keep going down. So I like, I like verse 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Look at this, verse 24. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. Verse 27, in fact, this has happened here in this very city. It's happening here in America. It's happening here in the world we live in. Verse 28, but everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. Verse 29, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done, where? Through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. They said, okay, God, they're trying to silence us, so give us boldness to declare the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ and back it up with signs, wonders, and healings. Now, this is what I want to communicate with you today. That the reason why Jesus came to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons was to show that he had power over sin, sickness, and Satan. He had power over the wind and the waves. He could multiply bread and fishes. He could cast out demons from the man that they couldn't even keep bound in chains. There was nothing impossible for Jesus to do. The demonstration of the power that Jesus had was showing that he was indeed the Son of God. That's why I want to go to, act, uh, to Matthew. I'm not going to do all the scriptures I have because then we would be here till tomorrow. I mean it. Matthew 11, verse 20. I read this verse this week in my quiet time, and I was like, wow. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles. Why? Because they had not repented of their sins and turned to God. So one of the purposes of signs, wonders, healings, and miracles is to cause people to realize that there is a God, that this God does love them and care about them, and this God is powerful, and it comes through the name of Jesus Christ. And so even Jesus, if you'll read the words in red in your own time, he says, even Sodom and Gomorrah, it would be better off than you, because if they had seen the same miracles, they would have repented. I was thinking this week, how many times have you and I seen God do something miraculous, but it didn't change our hearts? We don't pursue signs and wonders and healings and miracles just for the sake of having them. There's a purpose. The purpose is to change our hearts. The purpose is to draw us to Jesus. The purpose is to show an unbelieving world that there is a God who is greater than any problem or situation we face. The purpose of signs, wonders, and healings, and miracles is to open the door so people can know about 
Jesus. So when God heals you, now you have received healing in your body, in your mind, in your heart, in your relationships. The Bible says freely you have received, so freely give. Now there is an expectation that you and I will take what we've received and then begin to pray in faith for others to experience it. When I was in high school, I dislocated my shoulder, tore a rotator cuff playing basketball, ended my dreams of playing in the Olympics. And uh, I was at church camp and I needed surgery, but I convinced my mom to let me go to camp instead of surgery. And I was at church camp and they were praying for us. And uh, one of the ladies laid hands on me. The power of God just came on me. I, I couldn't resist it. I just fell on the ground. And while I was under the ground, I felt this extreme heat. I couldn't move my arm. My friends were doing my hair, and boy, were they having fun with it. Okay, this is the early 90s, so you can imagine. And, I was, and there was nothing I could do about it. If I went to the bathroom, I needed help to take care of the pants, and, because I had no, I'm right-handed. It was my right arm. I couldn't move my, my arm. Uh, and, and so I needed help to get dressed. I needed help with my hair. And, uh, and so while I'm on the ground, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. I feel this, this warmth come, and I literally feel my joint go like this. And in the moment, I knew that God had healed me. And I got up off the ground, and I threw off my sling. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. And the, the counselors were like, Because no. they all were told she's got to go home and have surgery. And they're like, no. And I was like, I knew I was healed, and I never needed surgery. Well, when we went home and we testified to the church, guess what? The first person I got to lay hands on had shoulder problems. And I laid my hands on I said, I have faith. I knew God could heal a shoulder because I just experienced it. Amen. So I laid my hands on him. I'm just an 18-year-old kid. And I laid my hands on him and said, in Jesus' name, you healed my shoulder. Heal their shoulder. Power of God comes, falls to the ground. Heal the shoulder. Amen. I think Lillette needed surgery on her shoulder. I prayed for her a number of years ago. God healed her shoulder. She doesn't need healing. She didn't need surgery anymore because God healed her shoulder. There is something where you experience breakthrough in your relationships or in your finances and healing where God is saying, now you've received it, give it out. Give it out. Don't keep it in. Release it by the power of the name of Jesus. And Jesus denounced the people who had seen miracles because they did not repent and turn to God. When God does a miracle for you, he does it, number one, because he loves you, and number two, because he wants to draw you closer to him. We need to see our hearts change. Let's not take for granted when the power of God does something miraculous in our life, but let it draw us closer to his presence. All right. Worship team, come up. I have to look at my, I'm cutting a lot out. Let's go to Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. Jesus sends the apostles out. He says, verse 7, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Come on, say that. Heal the sick. Read it with me. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy. Cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. So here, Jesus tells us the kingdom of heaven looks like this. Healing, deliverance, freedom. 
You received it freely. <laughs> you can't earn the healings and the breakthroughs. Well, maybe if I pray more or I do this or I do that. No, it's by faith in the name of Jesus. Freely you have received, so give it out freely. But this is what the Holy Spirit wants you and I to know, that the reality of the kingdom of heaven is healing the sick, raising the dead, curing those with leprosy, casting out demons. I've done a lot of those. I've never raised the dead. It's on the bucket list. <laughs> now, Pastor Nilo... The dad of our pastor, Jaron, he passed away this week. And uh, Mom Rose is going to be going to the Philippines. We're going to pray for you before the end of the service to be with the family. But you know that Pastor Nilo raised the dead by the power of the name of Jesus. He started a new church in the province. God told him to go to this place and start a new church. So he goes to start the church. It's the first Sunday. And the man on the first row drops dead. And Pastor Nilo said, God, you better raise him to life because this is the first Sunday. And he died. And people are going to say, don't go to that church. You die. <laughs> I'm just telling the story as I heard it. <laughs> it's killer. You don't want to go to that church. It's killer. He said, you told me to plant this church. If you don't raise him from the dead, the church is dead. So he takes a step of faith and he lays his hands on the dead man and he commands him to come back to life. And he comes back to life. Come on, if God can do that in the Philippines, why can't he do it here? This week you're going to read about the importance of walking, walking with people who have bold faith. Just like Elisha learned from Elijah. Well, I'm telling you, my faith is increased when I walk with people who move in the Holy Spirit this way. When I go to the Philippines and I see Pastor Saul, four foot seven, get up in the middle of a neighborhood on a box and start preaching with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sitting there and I'm taller and bigger and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm scared. And she's like, it builds my faith. When I hear stories of even Pastor Carmen in Peru raising a young man back to life, he was dead for over 20 minutes and they prayed over him and brought him back to life. It tells me that God is still doing it today. I want to see it. I want to see it. Maybe the problem with the church in America is we're lazy. Maybe the problem with the church in America is we're, we can go to the doctor easy because we have insurance. We don't have to pay for it out of pocket. So instead of going to prayer, we go to the... It's okay to go to the doctor. I'm a nurse. I get it. I'm, I'm about medical care. But hear my heart. I think there's a, there's a desperation in the third world countries that are experiencing the power of the move of God and healings and wonders and signs and miracles that comes because they're so poor, they know they have no other answer. And maybe the problem with us is we're so rich, we've gotten complacent and lazy, and we don't pursue the presence of Jesus the way we need Him to see a breakthrough. If God can do it there, why not now, here? I want to see God do healings in my family. I want to see the prodigal come home in my family. I want to see healings in my family. I want to see God do breakthrough in this church. I want to see God raise the dead and heal the sick and cast out demons. But he is looking for sons and daughters who will just come into the presence and be with Jesus. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to say, God, you have given to me. I want to partner in releasing the kingdom of heaven. Thanks 
for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org. 